Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Royal Rumble Review Show. This is episode 79 of Wrestle Life Radio. I am Wrestle Life Matt. I'm here with my brother Micah and my cousin Kyle. We're going to tell you, as I just mentioned, all about the Royal Rumble Show. And let me tell you guys, almost spoiled a little bit. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I liked it. I did a lot. Pretty good. Yeah. I really much, very much enjoyed it. Let's, uh... Let's pop right on into it. Let's do it. Sure. So, Seamus and Shorty G opened the show. And it was not great. It wasn't bad. It was a TV match, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's more than what people were expecting, I guess. Because everybody yeah, was expecting Seamus. Yeah, 30 or 90 seconds, and we were wrong. Yeah, so Shorty G put up a shorty fight, but uh, <laughs> it didn't last long. Yeah, but that makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, like we said, Seamus, uh, he, he probably doesn't have a whole lot left in his career, you know, like, so they're kind of wanting to give him one last, you know, push or run. So we yeah. had a feeling he'd kill Shoriji here and basically what happened. Yeah. The match was basically a TV match. Seamus won uh, after, but man, it was probably eight, nine minute match. I mean, it lasted quite some time. Yeah, good uh, good opening match. Yeah, it was just fine. It was a nice little pre-show match to get the to get the crowd warmed up. I believe we also said that Andrade and Humberto was going to be the pre-show match that we couldn't put. Actually, I know I said this. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That they said we absolutely could not have Sheamus's return on the pre-show, and I was incorrect. Yes, I said it would be on the pre-show. You said it wasn't. Uh, yeah. I got this one right. Yeah. I also <laughs> said that Humberto and Andrade would be on the pre-show. I do not remember if you agree with me or not. Yeah. But it, it was. So. It was. We had two matches on the pre-show. And uh, Humberto and Andrade was good. Uh, I would even say real good. But it wasn't great. And I was really expecting greatness from this match. And it was just fine. Um, Andrade rolled up Humberto at the end. Pinned him. One, two, three. And yes, that it's about a 15-minute match almost. Uh, so they got yeah. some time. Um, I, I agree. I kind of expected a little bit more out of them, but uh, it was still a good match. It wasn't, you know, another good pre-show match. Uh, also to note, Tom Phillips uh, out here with Jerry uh, Lawler for the Raw team. Yeah. Replacing Vic Joseph. Yeah. It was, which that kind of came out of nowhere. And I like Vic, and I think he did a, a great job. I love Tom Phillips. I liked uh, Dio Madden, but uh, it doesn't matter to us. It's, you know, Vince, he likes his guys. So I, I guess the, uh, the new guys didn't cut it, and they're all but out, I'm assuming. Well, so I really like Dio Madden. But I understand why Vince McMahon didn't, because all of his like super nerdy in jokes, I'm like, ha ha, I get that. Like a lot of people wouldn't. So I, I do, I do kind of get it, even though I really liked him. I think it was fresh and new. Um, love Vic Joseph as well, but I like Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips is probably my favorite play-by-play announcer on the WWE roster. Yeah, it's and, not like uh, they were replacing him with Michael Cole. So exactly. Tom Phillips is not a downgrade. Uh, really but just, it worked. He was working his butt off too because I think he called NXT UK. He was uh, Royal Rumble and then Raw the next night. Yeah, he did. So, so I, I don't really know what happened or I why. I mean, he, he probably should have been on the team from the get go because he kind of yeah. got shafted. They 
I mean, they gave Dio Madden and Vic Joseph, you know, the opportunity, which is great. But uh, Tom Phillips was on SmackDown before this, and the Raw team basically went over to SmackDown, and he basically just went to NXT. So, but he's 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 on the Raw team now. Uh, I think he's great. So it's it's not a downgrade by any means, but you know, I liked Vic Joseph too. So yeah. hopefully he lands on his feet, <laughs> does okay. Yeah. I hope he'll, so too. He'll probably end up going to NXT UK if I had to guess. They have an opening. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds like. Now, Mikey, you did not watch the pre-show. Is that correct? Yeah, I did not. Doesn't sound like I missed okay. too much. Okay, so you did not. You did not miss much. Um, yeah, we both picked him. We both picked Andrade. We both picked Sheamus. So Kyle and I are two for two here. And then you open the Royal Rumble show, and I was kind of expecting Bailey and Lacey to open the show, or maybe even the women's Royal Rumble match. That's not what happened. We opened up with Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns, and Kyle, I'm going to let you tell us about it. Uh, we both picked Roman Reigns here. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it. What did you think? Uh, I enjoyed, for the most part, there were some things on here that kind of bugged me. Obviously they, uh, they were a fan of Friday SmackDown because obviously we talked about on the SmackDown review, how the six man tag match to open the show was a good change of pace. And it was a really good, you know, entertaining match went on for a while. So they basically repeated that formula and did that to start the Royal rumble. Uh, we actually got an awesome stone cold Steve Austin narrated video to open the rumble, which was just great. I mean, it's Stone Cold it Steve Austin. It was really great. Yeah, if there's so, anybody to get you hyped for the Rumble, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And way better than that fax video they've been showing for like the last decade. Like, I much prefer Steve Austin pumping us up for the actual match. Right. I'm talking about, you know, so this was a much improved change of pace. So, uh, but yeah, it's basically, they got, a, you know, a lot of time. They got about 20 minutes for this opening match. Basically started out uh, in the ring early. Obviously, went out into the crowd, as we said, and as everybody else knew, as soon as this stipulation got announced, uh, Bob Roode and Dolph Ziggler and the Usos all got involved. Yep. To the point where they basically took over the match at one point, and I had to like go back and rewind it because Roman Reigns and Corbin were down, and then the camera just focused on the two tag teams for like five minutes. Yeah. They like set up and did their own spots, like they were just as much part of this match. And I was sitting here like, where are Roman Reigns and Barrett Corbin? They were just kind of laying right. on the ground as uh, uh, the Uso brothers and Bobbert Roode and Dolph Ziggler were going at each other. As I said, they were fighting on the, through the back. They came to this like structure. I, I don't know what, if they had, like the announcement tables were where they were. It was like a tall platform or whatever. And they Ziggler and Roode beat up the you know Usos. And then the Usos did a big dive off of it. Um, just, you know, they're just doing stuff. Uh, one part of this match, that was like a notable part that I actually thought I was going to really like, and then ended up hating it was there were a line of porta potties. Cause apparently there's, there's not <laughs> enough, there's not enough plumbing throughout the stadium. So they just had all these porta potties lined up and Cor- uh, Corbin's getting beat up. Basically he's, he's, you know, hot tailing out of there trying to get away from Roman Reigns. Roman's just beating him up, throwing punches at him. And, he gets him, he slams him against the porta potty, and then he kind of looks at it, sees that it is not being used at the moment. It is currently vacant. He gets a smile on his face, the crowd pops, and he opens up the door, 
throws Corbin in. He like wheels him around on it for a while and then he pushes it over. And you're like, oh man, the crowd's just going crazy. Finally, Roman Reigns gets his payback for getting poured dog food all over him. He gets to pour crap all over Baron Corbin. But alas, he knocks it over. Corbin stumbles out and he is dry as a bone. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a real porta potty. No, yeah. like it was like all the others were sitting there and this one was like on wheels. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, clearly it was gimmicked, but at least like if you're not going to cover him in poop, like at least put the blue dye on him. Like that's what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. I mean, nice. they've had fake like poop and mop buckets before and you know, all this stuff. But like, if it's you're not, not going to do that. Movie. It's on pay-per-view. Yeah, like put put the blue dye that's like important. That's what that's kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting him to be like wet and covered in blue stuff. Like you can imagine poop being in there somewhere if you want to, if you don't want to cover him in poop. But exactly the fact that he came out and it was just like completely dry. I was like, well, then what was the point? Like that's kind of think Roman Reigns now has to pin him. And he's yeah, but poop. that's the whole reason it like. It was symbolizing him getting him back for pouring dog food all over him and you know all this stuff, or put dog food in there and make us think it's poop. Like do something. That'd be great. So it was a letdown. Basically, the crowd was kind of like you know whatever, and then they basically after that got up on top of the dugout because they're again in a baseball stadium. They were. It was kind of cool. They got on top of the dugout, but then uh, Corbin got hit with like the weakest spear on the show and got pinned. Roman Reigns wins here. Um, yeah, it was it was a good solid match, not amazing. Uh, probably not the blow off match it sh- it should have been, uh, but it was fine. So, uh, what do you guys think? I thought it was okay. Really, I didn't really love it. To be honest with you, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of Baron Corbin. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a good worker. He's a safe worker from everything I've seen, but I just I don't I don't get into it when he's on TV. Yeah, I mean, it's a little dude. I mean, very Baron Corbin esque is very lackluster. I feel like, yeah, it was a good match, but it, it you know could have had more to it for sure. And I don't know how anybody could have guessed that there would be interference in this match in the Falls Count Anywhere when you know obviously it's not like both sides have had interference this entire feud. I still don't love the idea that Roman Reigns chose this, but. And if he was to choose it, he should have had the Usos come out immediately and then just beat the snot out of Baron Corbin because that would be well, the smart thing to do. But he's a babyface. I WWE. mean, you can't rag on the guy for picking the match because he won it. So It's true. He did win it. <laughs> but yeah, if he wasn't expecting uh, everybody to get involved, then it was very dumb of him. So I actually liked this match. I didn't really have a problem with all the interference. I think it was because I was expecting it and I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, that's kind of what you have to accept when you're going to have this type of match. And I will tell you that I love unique venues, which is why I love Dynamite last week on the cruise ship. And boy, it just lo- the venue looks so cool. Yeah, I their love entrances. The yeah, their entrances coming out of the dugout was just great. Them fighting all over the venue, it was just it was. I loved it. I loved it. And this was not an amazing match, but I was expecting a stinker. And my expectations were – this match very well exceeded what I expected it to be. So no, I'm okay with it. It's fine. I mean, I for no, like, by no means hated this match. Uh, and the tag teams getting involved didn't even bother me. It was – I feel like they just could have done a little bit more to make it better. Right. 
but it's still cool. I mean, the dugout was cool. I, I but like the weak spear on on top, like I, I don't know. Like it, it was just very. It, it's like they did the attitude era style fighting through the crowd, like that they always were accustomed to, but they didn't really take it up the extra notch to kind of put it over the top. But so it was good, uh, just not great in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So after the match is over, Roman Reigns Roman Reigns raises his arms in victory. We go backstage. Kevin and Samoa Joe are there. Owens is talking about Seth Rollins and says that they're going to you know handle business in the Royal Rumble. The Samoa Joe says, "Yeah, sure, that's fine, but if you get in my way, it is every man for himself." And he walks away. And Kevin Owens is like, "Yeah, I, I know you. You just told me that on Raw, and it was <laughs> just a really funny little little segment. It was good, right?" Yeah, and then we had after that Kayla Braxton interviewing yes. Fire and Desire. So they so they walk out, and uh, my lord Mandy Rose, <laughs> she did not get the note that uh, this was supposed to be a PG show because she wore <laughs> her most scandalous outfit that she had in her closet. Uh, but hey, who's complaining? I think but, this is. I think that's her new regular attire. I think that's what she's going with now. On I'm hey, I'm not complaining. So <laughs> basically, they were uh, Kayla asked them. Yeah, about the rumble and basically Deville cut in and said, it's, you know, people think it's every man for themselves, but not with these two, their team. And that if it came down, they were, they were going to be a team all the way through. And if it came down to them in the end, she would gladly eliminate herself for her friend. And she walked off and Mandy stood there and stared blankly into space. And Kayla was just gone. I, I guess she didn't care for the answer or the follow-up. <laughs> so, a very awkward end to this interview. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if Manny was thinking, well, that's nice, but I, I don't think I could do that for you. Not perplexed, not happy, just, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she just stared. That's like, I, I thought she was Shelton Benjamin for a second. Like, <laughs> uh, So Michael Cole, it, they, we go to Michael Cole, and they have a very short tribute to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and the other seven people on the, the helicopter. Um, we won't get into much to this, but it was a very tragic event, and our thoughts and prayers are with the families involved. And we go to the 30-woman Royal Rumble match, and we get, opening it, Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, they both got a good reaction, uh, so... I think two really good people to start out this match and they, they went a long way in the match too. So I thought yeah. they, they were great. Yeah. And so number three, mighty Molly Holly. Uh, not so great in this match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't or, care, man. I love seeing Molly Holly. I do too. Like I, I love, I love Molly. I wish she was just Molly Holly. I don't know why she had to be mighty Molly. They, they said that she was, Molly Holly, you know, in the first rumble that she came, you know, made a surprise in her appearance, yeah. uh, appearance, but it's like, okay, well she, she just really just wore her mighty Molly attire, but didn't have like the headband or the, obviously the blonde hair or anything like she had back in the day. So it was just Molly Holly in a different outfit. So yeah, Whatever. which I guess could be said a lot about different wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, she, she's kind of struggled. She came in and uh, she's known for being a great worker. And I don't know if she got injured or something, but she kind of did a dive at the beginning of the match and then was really struggled through this first part of the match. So, yeah, she didn't do great. 
it, it was treated fine, I guess I would say. There was a lot of NXT representation in this. Um, Beth Phoenix came out, obviously, as, as another legend. Kelly Kelly was there. Um, I, 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 Whatever. There was a couple spots that I want to point out. Uh, one is Liv and Lana, and I, it was dumb, but just because it's such a big thing right now. Right. Liv eliminated Lana basically immediately, and which is really weird because they got no time in this Royal Rumble. Uh, I will tell you, and we'll get into it, obviously, that Lashley and Rusev were not even in the Men's Royal Rumble. They were removed from it because they were getting into a, a fight in the parking lot. They not only just anything. removed, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, but Yeah, so it just didn't make any sense. Just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I... Lana and Liv got like a little spot in here. Um, Lana actually came up cutting a promo down the ramp, mocking the fans. So she got a little bit of heat before the match. Yeah. Um, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez also made her WWE debut. She looked great. from, you know, the Mayan classic here in the rumble. Um, and like you said, Liv Morgan, she actually was the seventh that came out. Um, she immediately came in, eliminated Lana, got a big pop. Uh, the crowd was actually into it. And then, uh, Morgan was on the apron and Lonnie yanked her down and then they brawled basically until the referees separated them. Um, brawled in air quotes because it just, there wasn't much to it. Yeah. But the crowd was into it. Uh, unlike their match on raw the following yeah. night, but yeah. So I just want to point out that Bianca Belair got the tied for the most eliminations with someone that we'll get to later with eight. And yeah. she lasted like 20-something minutes. I think it was 26 minutes in this match. And she looked like a superstar. And I'm hoping that she's going to get a big push. Right now she's feuding with Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's title. And I think she's going to lose and then possibly even get promoted to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, she did you know, great on this, uh, in this match. And I actually, her and Bliss kind of had you know some back and forth. They are obviously the first two at the start of the match. And... Uh, I mean, like you said, Bianca eliminated a lot of people more than Bliss did, but they, I mean, they had their battles going between each other and almost at the end of it, I was kind of like, I kind of want to see these two at WrestleMania in some way because yeah. they worked well together and Alexa was, you know, clever about using Bianca's hair against her. Obviously, ultimately in the end, Bianca used her hair to her advantage, but their response where Bliss was on the apron about to be eliminated and she would grab her ponytail and hang on basically as the giant rope that it is to save herself from elimination. Yeah. It was and funny. then both were the last two women and uh, not the last women total, but at the one point in the match, they were the only two women in the ring and bliss and Bella were fighting on the apron bliss again, holding on by uh, Bianca's hair and Bianca slung her hair and threw her into the post to eliminate bliss. But yes, yeah, she, she came off really strong in here. Um, her and you know we'll talk more about it in the men's rumble where you know they came off strong but uh for all the rub that nxt got from survivor series like right around when they were trying to pump up nxt for the wednesday night wars i can't say a lot about the other people from nxt on the show right they kind of got shafted <laughs> they were uh the dominant brand of survivor series and here on this show they were definitely not yeah it, a lot of them didn't get any time. Like Dakota Kai is a pretty big star in NXT, and she yep. was eliminated almost immediately. Chelsea Green was eliminated absolutely immediately. Candice LeRae uh, ba barely. She even got a good pop, yeah. and she barely did anything in the match. Yeah, Bianca I feel Belair. Like she was there for a while. She just didn't do anything. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 
So the only two NXT women that they got anything really from this match is Bianca Belair and the number 30 entrant that we'll get to. Uh, you guys can probably guess. There was a bad spot where Beth Phoenix uh, was up in the corner and someone, I think it was Bianca Belair, was you know giving punches to the, to the forehead and she was hitting her head back, selling it, and she smashed it into the corner and she bled and bled and bled and that blonde hair was just turning like deep red just like Ric Flair's used to and my wife is like oh my gosh and like I know I, she always says I put words in her mouth so I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys this is true and you can check with her if you want to she's like oh my gosh I want her to get out and like every couple minutes she's like oh my gosh why is she still in there and I'm like well honey she's tough and it's she fine. is super tough yeah, and she's like, and Natalia's in there with her. She's her best friend, so I'm sure she's taking care of her. I said, yeah, you know, they, the trainers checked on her. She's fine. It just probably looks worse. You got that blonde hair, and that red flows through it. She but, probably yeah. would have threatened to beat up the doctors if they touched her because, like, exactly. she, yeah. they were they were definitely at moments. I saw them like at ringside, like they were ready to jump in, and she just kept doing her thing. And I mean, she stayed in to the end of the rumble, so she I is mean, definitely she looked like she had been shot in the head. Yeah, right. you you said that in our Facebook group, and uh, I was not watching at the moment when you said that. You just said that somebody looked like they that got shot, and then as soon as I saw what had happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, she does." Perfect she, description. Terrible. I mean, it, it's, so I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, she's going to bleed out. Like she's seriously going to bleed out, and she stayed in. What? When, when did she get eliminated? Number four? Number five? Yeah, she was. I think she came in third, actually. She was in there for a long time. And she had a very not, important part in the end of the match, too. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like she's old. She's not an old wrestler by any means. And but, she didn't miss a beat either. She, yeah, I mean, she looked like she had just, you know, just left the ring yesterday. But uh, she's obviously still got a lot of career left ahead of her if she, if she wished for it to. But uh, I guess because it seems like so long ago that she started, I guess she was really young whenever she started. Uh, it seems like she's like one of the old legends of women's wrestling because she really was in the forefront of getting. She's a hall of famer. Yeah, taken seriously, but she's yeah. what thirty eight. She is thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay, so she's still got several good years ahead of her. Yeah, and this whole match, I'm like, this doesn't have to be it. You you might die here because <laughs> she's bleeding that bad, and it, it, it wasn't really was a lot of blood. Yeah, and somebody even said I was watching it live. Somebody said, "Well, maybe she bladed the back of her head." I was like, "No," because we—I yeah. didn't see what happened live. You also don't blade the back of your head; you blade your yeah. forehead. That was—it was terrible. It, it looked really bad, hair. and yeah. it obviously wasn't intentional because WWE yeah. would not have chosen that much blood, even on a pay per view. No, yeah. no, not at all. I really enjoyed Beth's performance, though. I thought it was great. Yeah, she did great she did all the way through. Job. Like, and like here. I said, Molly Holly early on in the match, she tried to do some stuff. And I don't know, like I said, I, I thought she might've gotten hurt at some point. It was kind of taking it slow. Uh, but Beth, she got hurt like for real and never missed a step. Like she was just solid all the way throughout. Like, I mean, like I said, she's, she's like, she just got out of the ring yesterday. Like she's, she's great. And she's been like that for a long time. So um, yeah, yeah, did awesome here. There's definitely a new power couple of the Royal Rumble. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, Speaking of power couple, uh, Mandy Rose and basically what happened. Yeah, and Otis. We we thought Otis might get involved, and he sure did here. There was a point where Mandy was about to take a spill onto the floor and who would come out from under the ring and lay flat on the ground but Otis. And she landed right on top of Otis. The crowd went crazy. 
he basically stole this Royal Rumble because <laughs> he saved Mandy. The crowd went nuts, helped her back in the ring, and she got back in there. And Otis basically played cheerleader for the rest of her time out there. And he was, I mean, just as Otis is, was awesome. Like Otis. the crowd just loved him. He was amazing. Otis steals any show he's in. He does. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and essentially what happened, and we'll see more of this, you know, obviously coming Friday, we'll learn more about where this is going. But Otis, like we said, tried to save Mandy. Uh, she got knocked into his arms once again on the outside, I believe by Sonia by accident. And then Sonia got tossed out, landed on both of them, and got them both eliminated. So, in fact, Sonia Deville cost both of them the Rumble match. So we'll see what happens with that story. But the best thing going on SmackDown, I would argue, and one of the best things on the show for sure was Otis and Mandy. So I thought that part was great. Yeah. Yeah, and the the Shayna Baszler part was really interesting as well because she basically hit me. She basically knocked Mandy out. And yeah, when they when she was eliminated, Otis tried to catch her too, and it just you know caused both of them to be eliminated. And I thought that was a really cool little thing tying back to their interview from earlier with you know Sonya saying I would eliminate myself for Mandy because she was like apologizing profusely and I just thought that was a cool little spot right so some other important things that happen uh Santina Morella Miss Wrestlemania came out (laughs) and a lot of people have poo-pooed this and let me tell you you people just hate fun I understand the reason people don't like this, and I get it, but this was a joke from like 10, 12 years ago, and it's following up, and he got in there with Beth Phoenix, who he eliminated to become Miss WrestleMania. Yes, it's he. We all know it's Santino Morella. And he basically got in between Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and they stared at him like they wanted to murder him. He pulls out the cobra, and it pretends like he's going to bite the two of them. He shrugs, bites his own shoulder, and falls backwards over the top rope. And it was very entertaining, and that is why I watched the Royal Rumble. I loved it. Micah, what did you think of this spot? Exactly. Entertaining is exactly the word I would use for it. Santino's just so good. We we were watching with a a new fan. This was actually her first experience uh, to watching the WWE. Did you have to explain the Cobra? Uh, I had to explain everything of Santina Morella, <laughs> and we're we're going, and she's like, "What, what's what's this?" And e- even Riley, I don't think had ever seen uh, Santino before, and uh, I explained a little bit to her. And when I, we got to the end of the night, I was like, "How do, how did you enjoy the Rumble? How would you describe it?" And her word was entertaining. So, I think you've got it perfect there. Santina is great. Santino is great. I would love to see him back on WWE TV. I want to see him make a run for the 24-7 championship. I think that would be great. Him and R-Truth sure, be a dream team. The only thing I hate about this was uh, Michael Cole, obviously coming in and ruining things again, uh, because Santina came in, and they're staring, Beth and Santina are staring each other down. And so for the WWE, who constantly treat their fan like idiots, like (laughs) – here comes Santina and she's standing face to face with Beth Phoenix. And Michael Cole is just like, you all remember, you know, last time these two were in the ring. And I was just like, no, no, we don't. It was like a <laughs> decade ago. Like I had no idea what he's talking about. And then finally they were like, 
he they threw he threw over Beth Phoenix to become Miss WrestleMania, and I was like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> like they they used to expect us to know what had happened between these two, and I was just like, yeah. yeah. Other than that, though, that was it was very entertaining. Ago. Yeah, for sure, uh, very entertaining. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I don't feel like it was offensive at all. I wasn't making any kind of statement. Uh, it was just fun. Exactly. And I think that's what people need to understand. And I've had other people say, oh, he took a spot away from a woman. Well, let me be honest with you guys. There were 30 spots in this rumble. If you want to talk about a it, spot taken away from a woman? How about Tamina? Yeah. Just give that to go. anybody else. <laughs> Where in the world has she been? So yeah, give me a break on that. There's 30 spots. If you take one away, if, you, if you're not making the top 29, it doesn't matter. You're not doing anything in, in the Rumble anyway. So, sorry. And they only had, what, eight women announced whenever the show came on? Yeah. Yeah. And one of them wasn't even in the match. Sasha Banks didn't get cleared, so she True. wasn't even in the match. Still recovering from being squished by Dana. Yeah. Also, was- I'm pretty sure uh, Tamina gave Dana the receipt that Sasha was going to give to her because she kicked her right in the face when she <laughs> got in the ring. But... Yes, Tamina came in and kicked Dana Brooks square in the face and then got uh, dumped out pretty quickly. So just as quick as she came back from wherever she has been, uh, I guess she's going right back there because she got eliminated quickly. So Yeah. Naomi had a Kofi Kingston spot here where she got knocked (laughs) off and she grabbed onto the barrier and climbed up like she's a freaking spider monkey. I don't know what in the world. And... So she jumps up the barrier, then she scooches over, and then is walking across the um, the announce tables, and she just hangs out there for a minute. And I said, what would be really smart would be if she just stayed there until everyone else was eliminated. There's like two <laughs> people left, and they're distracted, yeah. and then she jumps over. But she stood there for like five or six minutes, maybe even a little longer, and then... She was on those tables for a long time. Yeah, and she like takes the cover, like you know the the cover that everyone takes off when they're going to toss someone through the table, and she makes a bridge and gets over to the still steps as number 30 is coming in. Number 30 being Shayna Baszler, and she gets tossed out immediately. Shayna is Shayna ties Bianca Belair and tosses out eight people in this match. So Bianca and Shayna, between the two of them, eliminated 16 of the 29 eliminations. Just like we said earlier, Shayna and Bianca definitely had shine in this match. And basically it just came down to the final four in the ring were Shayna, Baszler, Natalia, Beth Phoenix, and Charlotte. And I thought as far as the final four goes, they probably, I think they probably put on, you know, the best final four in the women's rumble that they've had so far in these women's rumbles. So I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I agree. And it was cool. Beth Phoenix turned on Natalia. So, you know, she didn't like beat her up or anything, but she tossed her out. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed it. The short version of the finish was Phoenix also was eliminated. Shayna Baszler is tossing out Charlotte Flair. And so Charlotte, Charlotte is grabbing onto the top rope. She's kicking her feet. She's screaming, no, no. And I'm like, all right, this is it. This is where Shanna takes the win. And Charlotte puts her legs around Shanna's head, tries to toss her out and fails. And then Shanna tries to grab her again. But this time, Charlotte does it. Puts her legs around her head, 
flips her over the top. Shayna Baszler's eliminated, and your winner, Charlotte Flair. Thoughts? Uh, this match was, I thought, okay. I didn't think it was great. Uh, it had some good spots, and obviously Shayna did a great job. The Santina thing was entertaining. Uh, like I said, I thought Alexa did great with Bianca. Then Bianca on her own did great. Uh, I thought there was some good spots in this rumble for sure. I mean, Naomi coming back did great. Um, but then there were some duds too, like Kelly Kelly coming back and barely doing anything. Uh, like I said, Tamina coming, who, you know, coming back and did, you know, nothing. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the NXT girls who came in and basically were thrown out as quickly as they came in. Like they just didn't do much other than the top two that were in here. And then I was fine with it until the finish, not only because I picked Shayna to win, but Charlotte, it's just like, it's the easy pick. Like we've seen, I'm assuming it's going to be Charlie or Charlie, Charlotte and Becky main eventing, you know, WrestleMania for the women's title. But I mean, we've seen it before. I, I know they're going to put on a good match, but the Baszler story was there. I don't understand it. They, they've got plenty of chance to put her in a triple threat of some kind and do something. But, you know, for what the story is at this moment, Charlotte and, you know, winning the Rumble and going to face Becky at WrestleMania, I just don't get it. That's the path of least resistance. But I, I think there's a possibility that she pick someone else, maybe even Rhea Ripley. You know, I'm hoping that the NXT men and women's champions are on WrestleMania, considering there's like 1,014 matches every WrestleMania now. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, Charlotte and Becky's always going to be good. I don't really want to see it again. Micah, what did you think of this match, and what do you think of Charlotte being the winner? Really, first of all, MVP of the Women's Rumble was Naomi for me. I thought she was fantastic. I want to see more of her. Her yeah, look great. is great. Her entrance is great. Uh, her move set is great. She's a great performer. I haven't heard her on the mic, but I'm a big fan of her just off of this performance. Uh, I really thought, like Kyle said, I thought Shayna was going to win it. I thought that's why they took the belt off of her on NXT. I thought she was going to go on and get called up and uh, win the belt at WrestleMania. I guess that's not happening. Uh I enjoyed this rumble. I may have enjoyed this rumble more than the men's rumble. I really enjoyed it. I had a had a good time with it, uh, and I think that shows a lot for how far women's wrestling has came. Because I really enjoyed the men's rumble, but I enjoyed this one just as much, to say the least. Yeah, the men's rumble was a tell of two rumbles, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. So Lacey versus Bailey was next, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, guys, unless you really want to. I don't no. want to. <laughs> yeah, th- this match was just fine. Um, my, it might not even be just fine. Like, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. It was boring, I don't care- really. Yeah, and I don't care about this feud. I don't care about Lacey Evans as a face. And honestly, don't really care about Bailey as a heel. And like, it's difficult for me because I love Bailey. I- I've just, I've never been in love with Bailey as a performer. And-, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, I talked a few months ago. I was never really in love with Rusev like a lot of people are. Well, even though I hate this piece of garbage storyline, Rusev has won me over because I really like his character and his personality and the way he gets himself over. Bailey is not a good heel. She's just not. And I've given up on her as a heel, but obviously 
this was a huge risk they took, and they're not just going to change it. So um, the match was fine. The ending was Bailey defeating uh, Lacey with what? Uh, she got her she, knees up. She tried to – Evans went for her springboard moonsault. Uh, Bailey got her knees up. Um, she she pinned Lacey, held her tights for the pinfall. Um, Lacey also, like, she just didn't perform well in this match. She got – like, she just blown up halfway through. Like, she was just very sluggish through the last part of this match. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got about 10 minutes of match time, but, yeah, just nothing – it was – Essentially what we kind of went into when we talked about the Rumble review or the preview and how we just weren't into their character characters and nobody else really was either. Um, I mean, Evan's husband and daughter were at ringside. They tried to play that in the story, obviously, with Lacey's daughter. Uh, they beat her up in front of her daughter, Bailey did, and her daughter barely cared. Like, it, nothing really uh, – her daughter cared as much as the crowd did. Like, <laughs> it's it was – it happened. Yeah, so, this match was boring. Great. We both picked Bailey. Bailey won. By the way, with the women's rumble, if I didn't mention it, uh, we both picked Shanna Baszler. Shanna obviously came in second. So next up, we have something that it was hard because I was anything with Dan O'Brien and it can be good. And I think I said that in the preview show. You know, it is a strap match. So you never know how good it's going to be. I really enjoyed this match. I really did. <laughs> Michael yeah, I think like, it was definitely the the best uh, fiend match so far. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. No red light, no, no red, red light, light helped yeah. so much because we could see. Yes, it was absolutely wonderful. Tell us about the match, Micah. I really loved this match. Me and you talking about it uh, last week when we were viewing SmackDown. We're saying, man, there's no way they can make this match look good. I mean, how do you make a strap match with a demon and a man look uh, convincing? But they did, and good lord, it was it was the best match the Fiends put on. Uh, I mean, Daniel Bryan can make anybody look good, but it wasn't just Daniel Bryan holding this match. I mean, it was it was just good throughout. I mean, he Daniel Bryan got the snot beat out of him. This was like ECW level bruising, bleeding, just. He that I've people can say wrestling's fake all they want to, but these guys really put their bodies on the line. Yeah, and not even just Daniel, but Bray Wyatt as well. At yeah. the end of the match, I'm like, you know, uh, I was actually looking. I was like, man, does he have like a a red ink tattoo? No, that's that's just a giant welt on his arm. Yeah, <laughs> getting the snot knocked out of him with a leather strap. I, I think this was my first strap match I've ever seen. Uh, I, I can't recall seeing one. I think the last time I did was you, like 10 years ago. Yeah, they did one with Eddie Guerrero versus JBL, and I think you might have been watching it that time, but I can't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't recall it. I'm probably you would have been so young, young anyway. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was a good match. I thought it made Daniel Bryan look very strong in his loss. Um I liked I liked the ending really because it seemed like Daniel Bryan was getting one over on the Fiend, and yeah. instead of booking the Fiend as some god like they did against Seth Rollins, he actually looked pretty hurt towards the end. But he kind of had a Undertaker esque return to strength, you know. Right. Where the Undertaker has this thing where he stands up, the Fiend gets up and he's beating himself up, and you know he's looking at his gloves and everything, and Daniel Bryan's kicking him and he's just knocking it off. He's hitting him with a strap and he's no reaction. And then he comes and basically hits a rock bottom on Daniel Bryan, and that was it. And I really like the match. If you guys have anything else to say about it, feel free. Yeah, I mean, I 
like I said, the red light not being there was great. I have a theory. I think the red light is probably his source of strength. Maybe that's how Brian was able to get some <laughs> offense in. Uh, but I mean, I thought it was a really good match. Obviously the best fiend match so far. Uh, and I mean, Brian is great. So I mean, it's, him being in the equation definitely helped. Uh, I feel like the beginning was a little slow, but I th- obviously it was for a purpose. Uh, Daniel took a lot of punishment from the fiend early, got hit with the strap like crazy. I mean, he's had a bloody elbow, as Micah said, like he was, his back was just red from all these welts he was getting from the strap. But man, as slow as it was in the beginning, it was just all building to Daniel Bryan's comeback. And I mean, he's the king of comebacks, man. Like, he'll get going and he just, he hits the gas pedal. And I mean, nobody can make a comeback like this guy. Like he's just, you know, always been great at it. And he made you believe that he was, he had a shot against the fiend. And, uh, but obviously in the end, like Micah said, uh, I think it was like a combination mandible claw choke slam type yeah, thing. And then he locked. Yeah. I, I, I like the finisher. And then he, locked onto the move and, you know, Brian got pinned. Um, and then after the, the match, basically the fiend disappeared after the lights went out and Brian had to be helped to the back by officials, but then he kind of ref- was refusing help and just basically limped to the back. But I mean, yeah, really go? good match. Did he go under the ring? Cause I don't think there's no way get under the ring and that quick. And not only that, it was a pretty quick, you know, lights out segment. I don't pick Bray Wyatt as a sprinter to be running out of the yeah. arena. I don't know where he went. That was, that was kind of intriguing to me. Maybe he actually has demon powers. <laughs> Unless there's a trap door under there. I can't imagine him going under the ring because he would have to stay there have for to come out of it. Hey, yeah. Hornswoggle sat under the ring for the one of the Royal Rumbles for like the entire show. So yeah. I think it's possible. Yeah, I guess it's true. And he could have made his escape during Edge's entrance. <laughs> Nobody would have noticed yeah, I'll Definitely no at home because, my lord, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> so I do want to point out one part. Dan O'Brien is just so good. He basically took the strap, and he was doing the cross face, and he had the strap yeah. in the Fiend's mouth. And for a split, I mean, he was pulling him back so far. And for a split second, Daniel Bryan had me convinced that the Fiend was going to tap out. Yeah, I was thinking the entire time, like, they can't make him. No, they can't do it. But this is such a good submission hold, I don't see him getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a testament to Daniel Bryan. Like I said, he he had you believing that, you know, it was possible. I mean, he's he's good at his job. Yeah. Really good stuff. Becky Lynch versus Asuka is next. And uh, also, very good, I believe. What did you guys think? Kyle, you want to tell us about the match? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a great match. Um, obviously, uh, Becky retained her title here. Uh, just, I mean, the story going into the match wasn't the best in the world because obviously, Becky, I, I, I've said for a couple of weeks, she, you know, the whole she's been the man for so long, and now she's trying to doubt herself. So, I didn't really. It, it was kind of a shaky story going into it, but obviously, it's Oscar. Obviously, it's Becky Lynch, and they put on a really good match. And uh, basically, the finish came when uh uh Becky almost ran into the you know referee by accident. Oscar was clearly, you know, setting up for the mist once again to use. Obviously she's been using that to her advantage as of late. But Becky, she saw it coming. She kicked her in the gut and Oscar sprays her mist straight up in the air everywhere. Becky jumps on her, puts the disarmor on, locks it in. Oscar's got all this green stuff just like pouring out of her mouth. Her face is covered in the mist. I mean it is a great 
way to counter the miss spot. And uh, Asuka had no choice but to tap out. And so Becky Lynch retained. She finally beats Asuka, who's been the monkey on her back, as she's said. Uh, yeah, a really good match. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was good into the the feud. I, I kind of was hoping Asuka might win and you know make these a little more interesting, especially with, like I said, Charlotte winning out because I wasn't sure if I wanted Charlotte and Becky. I, it's going to be a good match, but it was just kind of like I'd, I would either want to see Shayna Becky or like Asuka winning. Like I don't know, I just want something a little different. But yeah, I thought Asuka would match. win because of the Charlotte win. So like I think I I know when we actually predicted the match, we both picked Becky. But I, after Charlotte won the Rumble, I'm like, well, Oscar has to win, right? And I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, so, so in that sense, I was. I mean, I thought the same thing. It would, it could happen, just because I want, and I wanted a little bit, because I just want to see something a little different. But I guess we're gonna get Lynch and Charlotte, or at least that's what it's looking like now. So we'll yeah. see if that changes. Yeah, yeah, I loved the finish of this match. I thought it, it was, was so very, cool. It yeah. was very realistic in a way that. Becky came off as a real fighter. She actually had tactics going into this. She sees that Asuka's about to throw the miss at her, and she just kicks the crap out of her. You know, and, and then, obviously, that backfired on Asuka, and she used that to her advantage to win the match. I really liked the match. I think it uh, – I don't think it buried Asuka at all. I think it made her look strong in her loss. Um, but I don't it know if she looked strong, but she's the heel, so it was appropriate. Yeah. Her, her dirty deed backfired on her, so – uh, yeah, it looked, it made Lynch look smarter. So it I think that's good. Definitely thing. cemented Becky as the best in the women's division, in my opinion. Yeah, I, agree. I think to do. Yeah, so the again solid match, and uh, I do want to give a shout out to Kyrie Sane, who was awesome outside the ring the entire time. She was hilarious, and she's also good in the women's Royal Rumble. I mean, we didn't mention it, but she you know came in with her umbrella, gets on the top rope, and it just kind of jumps off. <laughs> she tried to hypnotize Bliss Cross Applesauce and that didn't yeah, work. It was good. It was good. So you got your main event. We've got the men's Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar comes out number one. And then who is a sacrificial lamb? Elias. So I'm going to step in here because okay. I'm going to go ahead and do it. This is getting my future endeavor of the week. Okay. <laughs> this guy. So we just talked on SmackDown recently of how he teamed with Braun. He came out and played a song, you know, almost got the big man to sing, picked up a big win, uh, something he doesn't usually get, especially, you know, when he was a heel, but it's to the point where I didn't even recognize his music when he won. But, you know, I said it was a good win for him. And I've seen him coming out here and I'm just like, oh man, he's going to get beat by Brock Lesnar. But not only that, (laughs) he just made it way worse on himself because he comes out playing a new song called Sacrifice. Sacrificial lamb. And you would think when you first hear it, oh man, he's going to talk about how Brock is going to be sacrificed, how Brock is the lamb. But no, Elias sings about himself being the sacrificial lamb, like a geek. And then while he's in the middle of song, Brock just says, screw this and dives out of the ring, chases him. So Elias runs like a scared little kid, slides in the ring, gets killed by Brock Lesnar has the guitar smashed on his back and just gets tossed out like a sack of potatoes. He was the biggest loser in this segment. And if it were heel Elias, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but he's supposed to be babyface Elias. Now, what was this? I mean, it's Brock. I get it. 
but he looked like such. They made him look like such more of a loser by what yeah, they did with him. They really did. Uh, I mean, best of luck in your future endeavors as a babyface, Elias, because you did not do yourself any favors here. Yeah, WWE has be been glad. doing this though recently. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I'll be glad when Elias is off my TV and he quits playing that terrible sounding guitar. And I understand that they're they're prop guitars or they're cheap guitars because they're using them as props. And I don't think that one was a prop guitar that Brock hit him with. No, it's a real guitar, but it's just cheap guitar. Yeah, and it sounds oh, yeah. terrible. It sounds it's not a good guitar. He doesn't oh, play yeah. it well. He can't sing. Just stop. No. <laughs> Change gimmicks. Do something. I'm pretty sure he went back to his old uh, melody, the one that he's played like three times already for this new song, but. Yeah, just I'm just waiting for him to come out there and be like, have you guys heard Wonderwall? That's the kind of person I think he is. But yeah, he might I, well. That's the only thing I can see him getting cheered for now. Yeah. <laughs> so Lesnar destroyed him. Eric Rowan comes out number three. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe he'll give Brock a challenge. No, Brock throws him out immediately. <laughs> Clothesline him. I was hoping Brock was just gonna smash that box that he had, but he didn't do that either. Yeah. Also, I was very much disappointed that John Morrison was number five. Yeah, and I really wanted to see some high spots, some parkour in this Rumble match with John Morrison. He just got tossed out. And what did I say on the preview show? Brock Lesnar is going to destroy the first couple people one by one until like number six or seven. And number six is Kofi Kingston. And Kofi is the first person to last until the next person is announced, which is Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And Kofi and Rey Mysterio both have had issues with Brock Lesnar recently. So they're taking him on. And he tosses them both out of the ring. But through the middle rope, they're not eliminated. And number eight comes out, and it's Big E. And he comes in, and he pumps up Ray and Kofi. They get in the ring. They triple-team Brock Lesnar. They hit him with a big ending. Uh, I think it was a 619, if I remember right. And then... The short version is Lesnar just overcame him and tossed him all over the top rope. Yeah, they hit him with a trouble in paradise too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, hey, I thought this was great. It was, I mean, we, we give WWE a lot of crap about like not building things. And obviously, this is building something in the middle of a match. So it's not the same, but this, this was just executed perfectly. He, Brock came out, he, you know, eliminated like five dudes in a row, just killed him, unfortunately. John Morrison was one of them who just came back and was just like tossed out like yeah nothing. Yeah, I think that was uh, yes, but Kofi Kingston came out six. The crowd kind of oh like this is interesting. How right, this is going to go down. He was the first person to survive the entire minute with Lesnar or the ninety seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, and then Rey Mysterio. Oh, Rey Mysterio's coming out. He's he's got history here. Yeah, he comes out. He also survives, and then Biggie comes. Uh, Kofi and Ray got knocked to the outside at this point. And then Biggie comes out, gives him a pep talk, gets him hyped up. The crowd gets hyped up. They all go in and go get on Brock Lesnar. The crowd's going nuts. Like this was built so wonderfully. Like it just worked to perfection. Uh, and it was going so great for the baby faces until Brock Lesnar happened. And he threw out Mysterio. Uh, he jumped on Biggie, which was fantastic. Like, Biggie was on all fours and he jumped on his back and hit Kofi Kingston, tossed out Biggie, and then finally tossed out Kofi. I thought it was great. Fantastic. Yeah, one of the highlights of the match for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really have a problem with it. It's just disappointing to me that 
Kofi Kingston also didn't get a big Kofi Kingston spot because he always does. And, you know, he over, he overcame a triple team. I mean, I understand. And don't get me wrong, the payoff made all of this worth it. And we're going to get to that in a second. But it was just a little disappointing. And and it started off really slow, but it was expected, right? So it's one of those things where, similar to Reigns and Corbin, you kind of know what you're getting into. And it wasn't awful. It was exciting because you had those three guys. Then you have a couple other people. I think Cesaro was out next, if I remember. Um Shinsuke came out and got destroyed. MVP made a surprise return. But Shelton Benjamin came in at number 10. And Brock Lesnar has this huge smile on his face. Shelton comes, gives a big hug to Paul Heyman. Gets Paul in Heyman's the ring. happy as can be. Yeah, he's like, we're so glad you're here. And Brock and Shelton Benjamin give a big hug. They look at the entrance and they just wait. And then Brock grabs Shelton and throws him over the top rope. And it was perfect. Like, you, you knew it was going to happen. It was just really well done. I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, actually booking, like, for a long time, Brock's been kind of in the middle. Like, is he a heel? I mean, he doesn't really talk on his own. He has Heyman there. But uh, he's just kind of a, a middle-of-the-road guy that everybody hates. Monster, yeah. I'm glad they're actually booking him as a heel now. I mean, yeah. we saw it here. Um, we've seen a couple other spots, you know, it, it, I, I appreciate when you can actually see who a character is and they stand behind it. And I'm glad to see they're doing that with Brock. Yeah, you know, Brock's been pretty different lately. He's been entertaining. He had the whole Brock party thing where he had his money in the bank contract and he was acting like a boom box. Yeah. He, he's been, you know, he said a few words against our truth and, uh, ricochet, and it just made him more likable, and he's more entertaining. But what was really entertaining was when number 13 came out, and it was Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And Brock Lesnar's face, oh my gosh, he loved this. And he, if you guys have ever seen that Hillary Clinton gif where she's like got her mouth open like a giant goof, that is what Brock Lesnar looked like. And then when Keith Lee gets in the ring and stares down Brock Lesnar, Brock goes, you're a big boy, aren't you? And it was just so... It was just so good. I loved it. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was, it was great. great. Yeah. I, I really liked Brock through the entire Rumble. I thought that his reaction to MVP's entrance was great. He's over there dancing to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I, he actually had some character. It seemed like he was enjoying himself. And this is really more work than he's put in probably in the entire time he's had the championship. Yeah. So. So while he's wrestling Keith Lee, Braun Strowman comes out next. And I said, okay. This is finally where we're going to be filling up the ring. Nope. They get into a big fight. Braun Strowman and Keith Lee kind of stare at each other up and down. And then they are over in uh, the edge on the ropes. And Brock Lesnar just tosses them both out. Yeah, they they both basically got their licks in on Brock. Obviously, before uh, Strowman came in, Keith Lee got an awesome shoulder block on Lesnar, which the crowd went crazy for. And then Braun came out. He was even able to get some licks in on Lesnar. Uh, and basically it just allowed Strowman and Lee to kind of go at each other. And then obviously they were trying to eliminate each other. Lesnar toppled them both over. Uh, the crowd booed, but I, I mean, I was fine with it. Keith Lee still got some time to shine here. Obviously it wasn't like survivor series level and some people even wanted him to win. Uh, I didn't necessarily want him to win. I think it would be cool, but, uh, I mean, he's still got some work to do. I, th- I want him to get called up first and have, you know, a little bit more. So I, I wasn't, totally devastated that he didn't obviously stay and, you know, 
I wanted to stay in longer, but it wasn't the end of the world. Obviously, what it, it's led to, I was totally fine with what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was okay with it. Ricochet came out at number 15. Brock Lesnar threw him all over the ring. And Drew McIntyre comes out at number 16. And he gets in Brock Lesnar's face. They lock eyes. And as they're about to square up with each other, Ricochet kicks Brock Lesnar in the nuts. Yep. He falls back onto the ropes, and Drew McIntyre claymores him over the top rope. In the forehead. He hit him perfectly in the forehead. He sure did. And Lesnar sells it like a champion. He is out cold on the outside of the ring. Paul Heyman, of course, is amazing, and he has no idea what happened. And when you say, yeah, and when you say this was a tale of two Royal Rumbles, boy, was it. Because literally at the halfway mark, number 16 comes in and eliminates him. And this was so perfect. Drew McIntyre staring at him the whole time. Ricochet attacks Drew. Drew just literally tosses Ricochet, like just throws him. And that is, that's not the right word. Like he has him on his shoulder and he like chucks him over way and, and Ricochet just like flies into the seventh row. I believe the word you're looking for is yeet. Yeet, he yeets him. <laughs> he yeeted I'm too old him. for that. He yeeted him over the top rope. He sure did, man. I'm telling you, Ricochet falls, he gets eliminated. Yeet. And Drew McIntyre goes over and stares at Lesnar again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Drew's going to win it. This is it. They're setting this up now. And uh, whether or not he did win, I guess that could have been a setup because he's the one that eliminated Brock. But it was just, the payoff was so huge. Drew McIntyre's pop was insane. Everyone loved it. And uh, they're building a superstar in Drew McIntyre. Yeah, and he made Brock look like a child standing next yeah, to he him. Did. He's one he of the did. few on the roster that can do that. Yeah, it was very good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. What'd you say, Kyle? <laughs> I said he's what you would call jacked. Yeah. He's, McIntyre's he's, a big boy. Friggin' monster. Yeah. So we have more things come out, and I just want to go from highlights from here. So AJ Styles unfortunately got injured. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how that happened. Because at entry number 21, everyone's silent, you're quiet, and you hear, you think you know me. And the crowd goes nuts. This They were so loud. Edge came out, and his eyes were huge. And my beautiful wife says, he's always got crazy eyes. And she's right, he does. And so, but these eyes weren't Edge's regular crazy eyes. These were Edge taking it in, realizing that even though he's been gone for almost a decade. When I when they said nine years, or yeah. what, I was just like, oh man, it has to be that long. Jeez. It doesn't seem that long, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And he, you know, he's fighting back tears. And I say he's fighting back. I think a couple of them slipped through. And he was so... So happy to be back, and we're all happy to have Edge back. He gets into the ring, and the first thing he does is spear Dolph Ziggler out of his shoes. But unfortunately... You would know it. Did he? I didn't didn't see it. Because whoever, I'm assuming Kevin Dunn, is running the camera board, switches to the crowd. And I'm like, it has been nine years since we've seen this man 
What are you doing to us? So it's really dumb. The biggest moment, obviously, was the spear missing the spear, but even the entrance, it was bad. Edge is coming out. Yeah, you couldn't see him, and then they just start hitting crowd shots of all the crazy fans. Which save those for the package that you do after the match. I don't want to see it during the match. I don't care how these fans are reacting. He's running on the stage. I want to see Edge, and then once he's done running, there's like smoke engulfing the stage from his you know entrance. I'm assuming that's when the fiend made his uh, exit from under <laughs> the ring because it was yeah. everywhere. And then I start seeing him emerge from the smoke. It looks so – because usually he comes out, the smoke's behind him, and then he kind of walks through. But you saw like – I mean, this smoke was engulfing this baseball stadium on the stage, and you could see his silhouette slowly walking through. It was about to look so cool. And then the camera cut back to other fans. I was like – my fists were balled up, and I was like, you got to be kidding. I was already mad. <laughs> and then – I mean, it, it's probably a really cool screenshot if you could find it. That's all you got, basically. Then he comes down the ramp. Everybody's going nuts. He gets in. Ziggler runs at him. And like you said, he hits a spear, but you wouldn't know it because the camera cuts away to fans again. Yeah. Like, this has been an issue for a long time. Whoever's directing, I'm guessing Kevin Dunn is in charge of this. Camera cuts are one of the worst things in WWE nowadays. They just, ad nauseum, do these crazy camera cuts, whether it's, you know, a, a brawl going on in the ring, they cut the camera like 50 different angles or cutting to the crowd to get reaction shots. It's horrible. It ruined this. I mean, it was a great moment. It didn't ruin it. But man, it like, it's just infuriating. Like, it tainted. Can you not? It, de- it definitely did. Like, it put a damper on this return. Yeah. Like, Dolph Ziggler you- even tweeted about it afterwards, and uh, I saw a reply, and they counted. They made 20 camera cuts between his entrance and that first spear. That's insane. And yeah, WWE like- actually, uh, afterwards on Twitter, released an uncut version just from the uh, camera by the ring uh, of Edge's entrance, and it was so much better. It was great. You got to see the spear. You got to see his reaction. It was it was a lot better, and uh, hopefully, if they do yeah, any airing, Dimwitz thought it would be a better idea to show the crowd instead of the actual action in the ring that I'm paying to watch. Yeah, and the issue, <sighs> another issue is Dolph Ziggler sold the crap out of this spear. I mean, he made it look amazing, and it was missed. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand the frustration. Uh, another spear that was hit was on AJ Styles, who flipped and landed on his shoulder very awkwardly. So you see him go to the corner, and the match continues on. I saw three trainers checking on him. I'm like, okay, well, he, he's really hurt. And so Baron Corbin comes over to him, and he picks him up, and AJ stands up slowly, and you can see him talking to Baron. And Baron literally sits him back down and turns over and starts attacking someone else. And we give Baron Corbin a whole lot of crap, Okay. But I want to point out two things that was pointed out by another wrestling podcaster that I was listening to that I think is very important. Baron Corbin, when he saw AJ Styles get injured, he went over to Edge and said, hey man, you need to get this elimination. AJ's got to get out. And so Edge comes over, talks to AJ for a second, and then tosses him out in a pretty safe way. Another thing Baron Corbin did was he hit the deep six, which is one of the most dangerous looking moves in the world, on Edge's neck. And he kind of he had it lower than usual. Edge had his hand behind his neck, and when he laid him down, 
he laid him down perfectly flat. It was so safe. So we all give Baron Corbin crap, but he did such a good job in both of those things, and it really helped me gain a lot of respect for him. Yeah, he's he's professional. I'll give yeah. him that for sure. He's well, he's good at his job of not injuring people. He's yes. not good at his job of making me like him. <laughs> That's fine. So we have a bunch of other big names come in. Uh, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe are coming in. Seth Rollins comes in with Buddy Murphy and the Authors of Pain around him. Um, Alistair Black also comes in. And so we get the Authors of Pain and Buddy Murphy causing Seth causing eliminations and helping Seth Rollins with Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Alistair Black. And so the three of them say, screw it. And they attack the Authors of Pain and Buddy Murphy. And Alistair Black, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe battle with them to the back. And now Seth Rollins, who is one of the final five, is in the middle of the ring. And in each corner, you have one of Drew McIntyre, Edge, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns. Those are your final five. And so the commentators do a great job and point out that Seth Rollins doesn't have a friend in the world, and then he looks over at Roman Reigns. He says, Roman, you and me, it's like the shield, you and me again. And he holds his hand out for Roman Reigns, who is thinking about it, and he kind of looks, and he steps forward like he's going to put his fist with Seth Rollins, and he punches him, Superman punches him, right in the face. I marked, because I don't like Seth Rollins, that's well-documented, but six months ago, we just had a storyline where Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose couldn't get along, and Roman Reigns is like, man, we're brothers, though. Brothers fight. Like, you know, things happen. We have to forgive each other. And now, even though Seth hasn't technically done anything to him, he just decides to go punch him in the face. I know that's nitpicking. But it was only six months ago. It's not something that happened three years ago. So am I am I wrong? Am I wrong to nitpick that too much? I mean, I would punch Seth Rollins in the face, given the chance. Well, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, I didn't even watch wrestling at that point. So I didn't pick up on it. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed the moment of Seth Rollins being a weaselly heel. I'm just glad he's not a face anymore. Right. And I think we should be happy for that, really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. I, I, it didn't bother me that, you know, that much. It was, you know, obviously the, the guys that he, you know, he was up against in the ring, he had history with anyway. So I, I, I didn't mind it at all. It didn't bother me. Okay. So Roman Reigns Superman punches him. He gets speared by Edge. Um, and they, he, I think he took all four of their finishers, if I remember right. And they toss him out of the ring, and we have your final four. Edge, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Edge and Orton team up for a while. and uh, This is did... almost mirrored directly with the Natalia and Beth Phoenix finish, by the way. Exactly. And so 
I do want to point out that earlier in the match when Edge got in, Edge speared the crap out of everyone, except for Orton. Orton, Orton kind of looks at him, and he goes, man, you look good. <laughs> Shredded. And, uh, yeah, and man, Randy Orton's just so funny. He's, he's great. He's great at what he does. And so they chat for a bit, and they decide they're going to team up. So now this is the final four, and they're taking on Reigns and McIntyre. And at one point, Orton's coiled, and he's acting like he's going to toss Edge. And Edge turns around. And Edge is like, no, 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 no. Not until we're the last two. And Orton's like, all right, you're right. And then Orton turns his back and gets tossed over the top rope by Edge. And Edge is yelling at him and says, you can't do that to me. I've been in this game too long. And I'm like, that's just perfect. It's just really good. He's like, I'm not going to wait for you to RKO me. (laughs) Yeah. It was just great. He pulled the ultimate dad move and just went, eh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Orton, Orton yelling at him. He's like, ah, and then just walk, turns around and walks away. Because he knew he was caught. Yeah. <laughs> it was really great. It was really great. So McIntyre, Reigns, Edge. So McIntyre's on the ground. Edge and Roman Reigns are on the apron. They've both gone over the top rope. And I thought McIntyre was going to come knock them both off. That's not what happens. They're fighting on the end or on the apron. And Roman Reigns is kicking at Edge's feet. He kicks his hands, and then Edge is holding on by one hand. He kicks his other hand. Edge lets go, falls to the ground. He's eliminated. He gets back in and basically immediately gets Claymored, and the crowd goes nuts because Roman Reigns got really heavily booed when he was eliminating Edge. And, excuse me, I do want to point out why in the world would you take someone that is is right on that line of getting booed. I mean, he had leukemia, so he he you know people cheered for him when he was back. But you can't have him do something like this. He's on that line. Are you? We want people to cheer him or, or boo him, and he gets tossed over the top, or and he tosses Edge over the top, and you that that's the guy that everyone's behind. So I understand that Drew McIntyre couldn't be that guy, but I'm not sure that was the smartest thing to do. Yeah, maybe have Seth Rollins throw him over the top rope before beforehand. Yeah. But. Or even if it was Randy Orton, maybe do it the other way around. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Drew McIntyre Claymore's reigns in the face, toss him over the top, and Drew McIntyre is going to the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble? I think he's already the there. Royal, the Royal... Oh, yeah. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I'm not editing that. We're keeping that in. Drew McIntyre is going to WrestleMania. Just imagine. Just, just. I mean, several years ago, this guy came in. He was labeled the Chosen One, which was a death wish basically right away. Uh, he, you know, he, he worked hard, but just didn't quite connect with everybody. He struggled in certain areas, and he kind of got put to the wayside. He was in 3MB. And then, you know, ultimately got released by the WWE. And he said, I'm going to go work my butt off. I'm going to get back here. He went and worked on his mic skills, his in-ring skills. He hit the indie scene, worked hard, you know, came back to America and got an impact and, you know, showed his worth. WWE brought him back. He's worked hard. And here he is winning the Royal Rumble. It was such a feel-good moment, uh, you know, knowing that he had been through all that. I mean, if they don't play up on this story going into WrestleMania of this being, you know, I mean, it could be a boyhood dream point, you know, 2.0. Right. You know, just like they did with Shawn Michaels, because it's such a great story. 
I really hope they tell that story. He's obviously, uh, you know, planning on going up against Brock Lesnar because he eliminated him here in the Rumble. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that match. I think it'll be great. And Drew's improved. It's not just he's come back to WWE. He, not to knock gender, but gender is not like he was head over heels better than he was, you know, when he, he got a new body and he, he improved, but not tremendously. Drew McIntyre has tremendously improved from when he was released from WWE and he has earned, you know, more than anybody ever has this shot to be, you know, the main event of WrestleMania. And I'm so happy for him. I think it's great. Yeah. 100% agree. And, and Matt, you, you called this, I'll give you credit. You, you know, I picked Roman Reigns, which he was the next to last one in there. And a lot of people thought yeah. he was going to win. I did like your Drew McIntyre pick, but you called him coming in and eliminating Brock Lesnar. You called him going all the way to the end and winning it. And I'm not mad at you a bit. I think it was great. I love it. And I'm, I'm happy to see him main event WrestleMania. Yeah, I, th- I won the predictions here. I think the only ones I missed was the the uh, Women's Royal Rumble. And uh, I, think that's, I think that's it. I think I got all yeah. the others right. But, Matt, I have to say, uh-huh. here I'm going to give my brass ring for the week. Uh-huh. And surprisingly, it's not Drew McIntyre, even though he was amazing in this. Okay. Chris is going to hate me, but I'm giving <laughs> it to Brock Lesnar. I So the whole time leading into the show, was Chris. and even before this, <laughs> I told Chris, I told Matt, I'll tell everybody, I'm so worried about Brock Lesnar taking over this match. Yep. He came in over here, and at least the half that he was in, he completely took it over, and it made it so awesome. He, the story they told, like, I kind of pictured in my head, but I just knew WWE is going to screw it up somehow. I was like, right. he's going to come in, he's just going to kill everybody, and it's going to be so boring. But no, they completely proved me wrong here, and I'll give them credit, because they, they, we bury them a lot, but they did this so right. And I mean, Drew McIntyre turned him. I mean, he was kind of pushing, you know, being great anyway. Like he came back and was so improved. It like just propelled him into superstardom. Like he is, I mean, they're this was strapping the rocket to Drew McIntyre and it's all because of what Brock did. And and he didn't just come in here and clothesline to one guy at a time. Like he put in some work. He, He came in and stayed in there for 26 minutes basically single-handedly and worked against basically a big gauntlet match. And he worked his tail off. It was entertaining from start to finish. He made this rumble, I think, because he made the first half and then he power drew and built him to the end. Brock Lesnar is getting the brass ring, though he doesn't need it, but he's getting it this week. He made this Royal Rumble awesome. I loved it. And I love Brock. I thought he did great. Micah? Yeah, I have to agree. I think Brock was great in this Rumble. I was really stoked to, to have Drew McIntyre win. I will say I don't have a lot of exposure to Drew McIntyre. I haven't watched most of his career. Uh, but just through the exposure of this match, and uh, I think it was, was it last week or the week before, he had the triple threat match. Really enjoyed him in that. Yeah. Um, he's obviously a great worker. Um, from what I've seen on, of him on the mic, Really enjoying that. He's got the look. I think he was a great pick to win this year, a great new face. I think if they would have went with Reigns or somebody we were expecting, it would have had a ton of heat, a ton of backlash. 
I definitely enjoyed Brock in this Rumble probably more than I've enjoyed Brock at any time in his career, to be honest with you. I've never been a huge fan of his, but uh, you could tell he was enjoying it. He put in a lot of work, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this Rumble. Uh, I don't, I don't really know how you could improve it, really, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if I could book it better, other than John Morrison being like maybe 20 or 21. Yeah. But that's nitpicky. Yeah, that little nitpickies. I, I wish Morrison and Kofi would have been able to have their big spots, but I understand I understand why Kofi didn't. I think it was important that he came in against Brock Lesnar. Um, and, and for Lesnar to overcome the two members of the New Day and Rey Mysterio and then get knocked out by McIntyre was just perfect storytelling. Um, I don't know what they're doing with MVP. I don't understand why he got eliminated immediately, but yeah, whatever. As far as this whole match goes, it was just really, really well done. Edge came back, huge pop. McIntyre defeated Lesnar, huge pop. There's so many good things in this match. It's my favorite Royal Rumble in in a while. I really, really love this one. My only thing I would have liked, if Lesnar was going to eliminate so many people, I would have liked to see Heyman get on the mic. But again, that's super nitpicky, and I, I'm not complaining about that. It was really good. So, Micah, if we're going to rate the Royal Rumble, or grade the Royal Rumble, what are you giving it? It wasn't perfect, so it doesn't get an A+. Plus. I don't think we ever get an A-plus to anything, but it was dang near it, so I'd give it an A. Okay. Cool. Kyle, you want to add anything to that? Uh, so I think what I would grade it, it definitely, obviously the Rumble matches, uh, I thought the women's was okay to good. Like I don't think it was amazing. It did, Like I said, it had good spots. It also had some down spots. I thought the men's Rumble was great, uh, you know, for – just about from start to finish. Uh, obviously, I, I thought the Brock part was great as well, and then Drew winning was great. I, I mean, we had the good match with Fiend and Daniel Bryan, had the good Roman Reigns Corbin opener. Becky Lynch Oscar was good. So I would say the weakest points of the show were probably obviously Bailey and Lacey Evans. I thought that was a little bit of a downgrade. And then the women's Rumble match was just okay. I can't give it an A. I'd give it a very like the tip top of a B plus. So like an 89 per se. Like I, I can't quite give it an A or an A minus. I feel like Lacey Evans Bailey was a damper, you know, like it just wasn't that great. And the women's Rolls match could have been better, but, uh, and I wasn't as happy with the result of that match. Um, but it's, it's as high as a B plus as you can get. So B plus for me. Okay. In interest of fairness, I am directly comparing it to the hell in a cell. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, it's getting it's getting over it's getting an S if you're going to write it that way. S plus. Um, I, I actually I leaned more towards Micah here. I think the only downside, and I'm not really counting the pre-show because we don't usually count the pre-show for this, right? And, and other than Lacey and Bailey, I really loved everything. Well, yeah, I, even the right. things that like I was not expecting to like Corbin and Reigns at all, and I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think Becky and Oscar was great. I was okay with Charlotte winning, even though she wasn't, you know, who I think should have won. The match itself was fun. I just, I loved everything. I loved everything about the show. And I'm going to give it an A too. And honestly, if Lacey and Bailey was a banger, probably we give it an A plus. Yeah, I that's really, where I am. yeah, really loved the show. I thought it was really good. 
I, I it, it made me want to watch Raw the next night. But uh, we'll, we'll get into Raw here in a couple days. So, <laughs> <laughs> not not quite. The grade was not the same, or will not be the same. I'll tell you right now, it's not uh, not going to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode seventy nine of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You can follow us all on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio, and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You can follow Kyle on Instagram at. Kyle.Polly. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. We really appreciate you guys. We hope you enjoyed this Royal Rumble review. We absolutely loved recording it. It's my personal favorite show of the year. And we hope you guys all have an absolutely wonderful day. R.I.P. Kobe.